Morgan Rother. This is Business Meets Spirit Chatter. We believe in personal growth through business success. Today, my co-host Hallie and I are charging this in the afternoon. So Hallie, good afternoon. How are you? I'm great. Um, I wish I had coffee, but yes. And are you still for that. on the uh, of coffee right now? No, no, no. I went back, back in. I went back on coffee a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. It's funny because Sarah is off coffee right now. And she's like, man, I feel a lot better. I'm like, you know what? Like, I know there's a lot of different comments about there, whether coffee is healthy or not healthy. You know, even, you know, I know you were listening to the the podcast about alcohol too, as well with, with Harborman and, and it's fascinating things, which we'll maybe talk about at some point, but I'm listening to it. I'm going at some point you got to just eat. You know, if you're trying to maximize every single possible thing, you may not enjoy anything, right? Like I think there's, yeah. there's got to be. I, I, yeah. I was gotta gonna be, say, I sorry, go ahead. No, you got it. <laughs> I was gonna say, I actually feel a lot better not on coffee too, but it's, it's, it's a, um, it's a habit. It's a ritual. It's just yeah. so I don't even like whatever. Am I craving the taste? Probably not. I just feel like I need to wake up and like get my ice out and you know, pour the coffee. It's just this, like, it's a habit really in the, in the ritual more than anything else. I think it is for me. I also enjoy dark coffee. Like I, actually I do really too. enjoy the taste of coffee. I don't really enjoy alcohol, like the taste of it. I will have a glass of wine and I enjoy the taste of, uh, I, you know, a little bit of red wine, but I, I really enjoy the taste of coffee. Uh, yeah, but I can't go I more than one cup. If I go more than one cup, I crash. There's definitely a crash that happens. I was actually listening to a podcast, um, Modern, called Modern Wisdom, which is a great one. You should, you should check it out. And um, they were talking about coffee and its effects, particularly on introverts, um, which I am and you are one as well. And, yeah. and especially, you probably, don't, I don't think you get as nervous before speaking engagements or webinars or podcasts or whatever. But if you are one of those types of individuals who, introvert or not, but who has that higher stress or higher anxiety, but caffeine is just so bad. Nice. Um, it just has such negative effects. Meanwhile, I think I need the caffeine to like hype me up to be ready to speak. And it actually makes it all worse. Yeah. Yeah. So I love um, the poet philosopher Rumi. If you guys haven't listened or read any of his poems, he's got uh, some that are kind of difficult to understand um, and some that are much easier too. There's one that I really love. And I think one of the best lines he had is he said, um, the actual quote that he said, I say that slightly different. So I'm going to actually say it the way he said it, which said, yesterday I was clever. So I wanted to change the world today. I am wise. So I'm changing myself. And I think that's a powerful phrase to kind of kick off today with, which is yesterday I was clever. So I wanted to change the world today. I am wise. So I'm changing myself. What does it really mean, right? Yesterday I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. Really what that means is that I am thinking that the the answer to my inner world is by changing the outer world so that I want to actually go out there and maximize how I'm feeling inside. So I'm going to go out there and become a worldly person of what people are saying, right? So I'm going to go out there and change the people, places, things, the nouns. I'm going to try to rearrange the world so that I get it to exactly the way I want it to so that I can actually feel exactly how I want it to. It's like you're creating this, this your own individualized house that has to be perfect. It's also, um, it's kind of how when, when in the Bible, Jesus Christ talks about it and says, you never build your house on sand. If you build your house on sand, at some point when it gets challenging, it'll fall away. And it's like with Ruby is yesterday I was clever. So meaning like I thought I was actually doing something that was benefiting me to a larger degree by changing the world 
So I went out there and tried to change myself or put myself in situations or avoid situations that I didn't want to be in um, so that I wouldn't get hit or when I say hit, like hit that disturbance. And so today I'm wise. I'm changing myself, realizing that the, the truth that we all search for, which is if I really want to wake up every day feeling joy, excitement, or even just acceptance or surrender uh, to the outer world, I have to change myself. I can't change it outside. And this is, it's not that it's wrong. It just doesn't work. And I think this is where people get caught up in is because the mind will always seek pleasure or gain. And once it's, once it's found it, it'll be, uh, it'll, it'll no longer be happy with the amount that it's found. So as an example, the mind, like you go on vacation, this is a popular example that I love to use. You go on vacation and while you're on vacation, you're having a great time. All of a sudden, you're having this wonderful experience. And then all of a sudden, your mind goes, well, maybe I should buy a place here. Maybe we should just move here. Maybe we, if we just bought a place here, we could just, this could last forever. And I should be doing it. So you start looking at real estate and you're then, or you're thinking about, wow, how wonderful your vacation is. And I, I need to plan the next vacation. So you're on your vacation, planning the next vacation. It's going to be wonderful talking about how wonderful the next vacation is. And that's all mind generated conversation and narration. All the mind is doing is saying, hey, well, if this is pretty cool, then what happens if you went to Jamaica? Or what if you did this all the time? Or what if you extended your trip? Or what if you just lived down here? So it starts to, it seeks continual gain. And the reason why it does, so we've heard that before, most of us have. But the real essence behind this is the, the reason why it does is because once it finds something that you're enjoying, it wants to be in control of you. This is why my definition of self-mastery is overcoming that voice inside your head that, that narrates to you that you end up following or listening to. And so what it wants to do is once, it, once, once you go, wow, this is really cool here. I'm in nature. I'm on the ocean. I'm in a beat, uh, you know, a, uh, you know, whatever car I'm in, I'm in you know, a certain place or I'm having a certain dinner, whatever it is, it starts to go, how can I make this better? And the only reason why it's trying to do that is because you keep buying in the thinking that the moment can get better by something in the outside world. Now, I'm not saying you don't change your uh, situation or your life situation at all. Go ahead and change that. Make it more comfortable. But none of that is actually going to give you the feeling that you think it's going to give you by changing the outside world, particularly for any long period of time. I mean, how many of us, We already. you don't have to be a psychologist to understand this. You already know this, right? So- if you go out and get something, it's your car, it's a family, it's maybe you have a child, maybe it's a dog or whatever it is. And they're wonderful. They're, they're great things to have, but they, didn't, they weren't the end all to your life, right? Like you goals, we've talked about this before on this podcast where goals have a beginning and an end. And that's all they really are. The mind wants to control you by putting you on different goals. So then it continues to seek gain. And if it's not in this so then again, it also does it on the other side, that if you start to experience something that's negative that you don't want to happen, that doesn't match your framework, or in this, in, in Rumi's poem, it's you went and changed the world so that it wouldn't hit your stuff. And then all of a sudden it's hitting your stuff, it becomes negative. And then it starts to take you on the train of negativity of telling you all the things that can go wrong, why this person do this, why the world's this way, and winds you all up into basically this, you know, this wind up doll that just goes. And so it goes both ways. It just, it, all it wants to do though, is to control you. And that's where people get caught in this is that whatever situation of something that's really nice going on, they try to make it more, right? They try to, you know, it's like the same thing. We're kind of going with coffee. There's uh, sometimes I'm drinking coffee and I'm sitting there and I got more, you know, it's maybe it's a Saturday morning or Sunday morning. And I'm like, wow, man, another cup of coffee. Maybe if I'm feeling this good, 
my mind goes, maybe I could feel even twice as good if I have another cup of coffee. And every now and then I just test it out to see if it's the same. And the same situation has is at first you feel a little bit better. Then all of a sudden I end up crashing from it and end up feeling worse because I listened to that voice. So we got to be really careful uh, and pay attention to what it's getting you to, to actually pay attention to. And so remember when this is happening, when you're going out there and, and rearranging the world because you think you're clever to get this feeling, it's like a, you're like a drug addict searching for a drug inside. You're just rearranging things to get a quick hit. But once the hit's done, you're not having to rearrange things over and over again. And yes, you can relatively get it okay in there and that can happen. But at some point you wake up and realize this just doesn't work. Like I know this cleverness, right? This, this worldly way of approaching things doesn't work. So today I'm going to be wise, which means that I've seen through it. I've been through it. At some point in your journey, you're going to wake up and go, what I'm doing doesn't work. It's not that it's wrong. It doesn't, it's not that it doesn't work momentarily. It just doesn't work permanently. And I find myself doing the same pattern over and over and over again with just different things. Once you get, you know, to a certain level of income, it's how do I get to another level? Once you get to a certain you know, level of notoriety, if you're not careful, it's like, how do I get higher? Once you get a certain level of power, how do I have more, right? It's all of this is about how do I keep increasing that? It's not wrong that you're, you're, you're asking those questions. It's wrong because you're trying to search the answer for those questions outside to make you feel better. And I don't deny that when you get what you want, you feel better. And then when you don't get what you don't want, you don't feel as good. But all of those are, are momentarily, they come and they go. So let's stop being clever. Let's stop trying to rearrange the world and just say, you know what? I'm going to wake up and be wise. I'm going to recognize that this pattern of thing, this way of thinking, and really what it is a way of thinking and then acting on your thinking doesn't actually work. So I'm going to change myself. So what does it mean to actually change yourself? And the really, this is where real personal growth comes into play. When we think about personal growth and business meets spirituality, when we think about this, that 200% life concept, it's about changing yourself. And so what does that mean? It means that there's always two things going on in your life. Number one, that you're enjoying the experience. If you're not enjoying the experience, what you're doing is you're letting the part of you go that is preventing you from enjoying the experience. There's only two things that you ever have to worry about in your life. And those are the two things. If you're working on letting go of the part of you that is preventing you from enjoying or at minimum accepting the experience, then that's what you work on. That is your work. So when it says today I'm wise, so I'm changing myself, what you're changing is the part of you that's paying attention to a voice that is telling you to go rearrange the world. And people say, well, I don't have that voice or it's very difficult. I understand it's very difficult. So where do you start, right? Slay the dragon you can slay first, right? You don't have to go out there and, and, and try to tackle something that happened in psychology, you know, in your life 20 years ago. That's It'll come up at some point. But go tackle the low-hanging fruit. The weather is the easiest one or the person driving in front of you. If it's raining outside and you're supposed to go camping, you can accept the fact that it's raining and move on and enjoy either camping in the rain or go do something else. It's going to be fun. Or you can complain and go, how come it's raining today? I can't believe it's doing this. It's just your choice of what you want to do and you want to suffer for how long? It's up to you. At some point you recognize though, like I'm not going to try to change the weather for what it is. So what's the point of suffering for that at all? It just is, it is what it is. They want to know why it's raining, go talk to a meteorologist. And they're going to tell you what this high pressure system in Europe came over here and collided with this one or whatever it is. 
And by the way, there's half the population is probably happy that it's raining. So it's not the raining that's causing suffering. It's you're bothering yourself about the moment instead of allowing the moment to be in its entirety. So I'm not going to change that. I'm not going to re- I'm not going to be clever and change or try to change that or try to get people to say what they want them to say. You know, this is the power. This is the this is the uh, the kind of em- nobody wants to tell the emperor he has no clothes syndrome. Particularly in business, this can happen is you, the larger and more powerful you become, the actually more you can fall in this trap of people actually not telling you the truth, and therefore you're unable to work on yourself more because you end up surrounding yourself or even people to do everything for you. So that you end up not you end up not getting able to work on yourself as much versus surrounding yourself by people that are constantly willing to challenge you in a way so you can work on yourself. So when Ruby says today I'm wise, so I'm changing myself, that's what we mean. And it's like, so what is the actual tactic to do that? The minute you feel a disturbance, it's like a change in the force. The minute you feel something inside start to be uh, you know changed it just disrupted you it feels different than in there it's weird in there whatever happens you instantly go there's a part of me that is not okay with what's happening right now that's the part that you that you change of yourself and really what you end up doing is you end up slithering away these pieces that are not okay with how life is and people sometimes want to know like well why do these things show up right why does it happen and that's a we've done a lot of episodes on that and these stores some scaras from past experiences that you liked or didn't like. And this is why it's so, this is why most people have more negative thoughts is because you're trying, there's only a few things that people really want to happen in their lives for them to feel okay. And then so then they convince themselves that I don't want a lot. I just want these things to happen. Well, so for those things to happen or is a lot, it's just not a lot of things. It's just, I need to make a certain amount of money. I need to stay healthy. I need to be in a relationship. I need to have a certain type of thing. I don't, I don't really want that much. I actually having this conversation not too long ago with one of my friends and they go, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really value a lot of things or not value. That's the right word. He said, I don't really want a lot of things out of life. And I go, yeah, really? Well, what are those things? And they're like, well, I want a nice house. I want a nice truck. And literally they're labeling all the things that like pretty much everybody would want. I'm going, I didn't even want to get into the conversation because it wasn't the right time, but I'm sitting there going, man, you just conditioned your life that if you don't have those things, again, that was changing the world. If one of those things is gone or what you don't realize you're doing is you're always creating this anxiety or fear that if one of those things starts to get taken away, or it looks like it's going to get taken away that you've conditioned yourself to need to have, you've now set a condition in your life that I'll be happy or joy, or I can accept as long as these things are happening, or as long as to this degree. Well, if you really want to go down this path and change yourself, you've got to be willing to allow any condition. I'm sorry. You allow have no conditions in your life, continually to change your life situation for the better, whatever it is that you want to do. But if it doesn't happen, you, you can't, you always can handle it. It's like when people say, Oh, I couldn't handle it. If that happened to me, well, then you can't handle it. So you don't know if you can handle it or not. So why don't you just stop using that language and actually enjoy you look like you want to say something, Hallie. Now you're good. Okay. Well, so when we go back to this and we think about how am I wise so I can change myself? What is the, for me, what this looks like is always, am I relaxed? That's the first step in this. People want techniques. There's wonderful techniques all out there. But for me, this is what it looks like. Something comes in and it hits me and it disturbs me. The first thing that I always go to is, can I relax first? And you don't, here's a, a distinction for this. It's not if there's irritation that shows up, right? 
I'll give you this personal example that happened last week. I'm sitting there. I, I we, we were at Mega Camp last week, and we I worked a lot of hours, six ten in the morning. It was till nine o'clock at night. I was on a lot more than I normally am. I flew back that night. I found myself very irritable for nothing for nobody was doing, and it was like my son was chewing a bagel. You guys ever know this? Like sometimes people are like slurping soup or chewing a bagel. And he was just sitting there chewing a bagel, having fun. And I was getting so irritated with him. And I'm sitting there going like my, like every part of me is like, don't you know, I'm trying to meditate. Don't you know, I've had this long travel day. And like, you can say all these negative things that are showing up in there. And it's like, it took everything I had to continue to relax. I mean, everything. I mean, it was crazy. It was actually about a 36 hour, very ir- irritable situation. And it just had to have this big release come up, but I'm sitting there and this, this irritation show. So I don't, try, I didn't try to relax the irritation. That's the, that you can't relax the irritation. It's like, you're not going to. And so when I sat there, I just, I was relaxing. I kept reminding, just relax, just relax. And it kept building and building and building and getting stronger and stronger and stronger and becoming more irritable to a point where I'm like, wow, this is so painful to sit here with this. Yeah. I just kept reminding myself, I'm going to relax. And I'm going to surrender. And the surrender is that I'm going to allow it to keep getting painful. So when people say relax and surrender, it doesn't mean that I'm going to relax. I'm going to re- try to go in there and mess with the irritation and make it relax. The minute you jump in there and put your consciousness on that irritation, you're gone. Now, the next thing you know, you're responding from it. You're, you're, you're now interacting with life from the lowest part of you. You're now interacting from life from irritation. Because now every single thing you do, and then you, what you might do is you might blow up, you may say something, and then all of a sudden it's gone, right, for a moment, and you feel better. And you're like, wow, I'm so sorry I did that. It's true. But what you've done in that moment is actually suppressed it. You actually haven't released it. The minute you go play with that irritation, and you didn't allow it to work its way through you, and then you instantly feel better after yelling at somebody, I say instantly 15, 20 minutes, an hour, and you collect yourself again, that's going to happen again. Because what you've done is you've now suppressed it instead of allowing it to work its way through you. So in this example of ear, go ahead. I was just going to say, but to me, that sounds like it's actually, it, while it wasn't a healthy way, you actually did release it and transfer the energy onto another person. You expressed and, it. And therefore you no longer have that energy inside of you. What, what you did is you, it started to build up in a bubble and you've expressed it, but you didn't get rid of it. Why not? Because it's still in there. And when I yell at somebody, it goes away. Well, you feel better. It doesn't go away. There's two wildly distinctions there. It doesn't go anywhere because you didn't actually allow it to go through you. You just expressed it. It's still there though. It's still there. It's not, you actually didn't work on the root. And sometimes you've got to be conscious about this and go, I need to go express this. And this is where you go, go for a run. You go journal, you go and, and maybe have a glass of wine or whatever it is that you need to go do or go yell in the woods. That's a, that's a much better path to go express it than it is. But the highest form that you can always do is to really, truly allow it to work its way through. Because what you, what you did when you expressed it was you're saying, this is getting to the point where I can't handle this feeling anymore. And boom, you go and you express the irritation. So maybe to some degree, some of it was gone. You allowed some of it to get out there, but now you've polluted it out in the world. You expressed yourself in the lowest part of you. And it's, I promise you it's still in there, which will come up again. But then what's the alternative? So the highest form is to surrender and to relax. And so what I mean by this is was when when the irritation shows up there, you're sitting 
And it's becoming more painful, more painful to the point where it starts to get so painful that every part of you is screaming for you to express this energy. In the minute you express it though, I, I don't deny the fact that like, when you go punch somebody, it may feel better right afterwards, but it's like, it breeds it more. And so you just, but it doesn't always have to be a negative. I, I know that like, sometimes if I am like stressed or irritated and I just say, I'm really stressed and irritated right now in a voice, just like that, I yes. almost immediately feel better. That's a, that's a wonderful form and a wonderful practice. It's a technique, 100%. It's a wonderful way to do that. So all of those are, are mature ways of handling the, the, the irritation or the disturbance that's showing up there. You can say it, you can walk out of the room, you can exercise, you can consciously have a glass of wine, you can relax, you can meditate. It's funny, um, one of the great masters um, that to walk the face of the earth, um, that was actually Michael Singer's teacher, used to, used to teach that when you feel this disturbance, to never meditate. Why? And, and the reason was is because you actually don't ever get rid of the root of it. You're actually just displacing this energy. You're not actually allowing it to do that. Now, um, I think there's a, I think the highest form that you can do, which is kind of what I was, what I was sharing was when the irritation comes up, you just sit there to a point where it just releases from you. It's not, you're not having to partake in the release. And that's, I think it just eventually goes away. It, it works its way through you. So what you're doing is you're actively releasing it when you go in there and engage with it. But if you don't do that, it releases itself and it's gone forever. That some scar, that energy pattern is just removed. Like if you're making ice cream cones and an ice cream cone comes out out of the machine, you can get rid of the ice cream cone, but the ice cream maker is still in there. Kind of an odd analogy, but I like it, right? You see what I mean? Like if there's an ice cream machine in there and it's making vanilla ice creams, you can grab it and you can eat it or throw it away or do whatever you want with it. You're still expressing it. But if you let the whole thing dry up and just remove, there's no more ice cream. And it's the same thing inside all of us, which is literally that you, once you allow it to truly work its way through you, you, that subscara, that energy is no longer there to be hit anymore. So therefore the old patterns that used to hit you, they used to, they used to exist in an old way, no longer offend you in the same way. They cease to exist within you. Right. You just get irritated by something different until, and then the whole cycle repeats. Yes. And then hopefully you 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 let that irritation go. And at some point it may be irritation that's gone. And now it's a lo lower level of anger or bigger things come up and you'll go. The one thing that you will get really good at by doing this is by once you work your way through that level of a release to that degree that it's that painful, you recognize that this is the highest form that you can do it. And it becomes much easier to do this with everything with irritation, with jealousy, with anger, with any lower level and letting go of all of this when it's a high level positive that's generated from the outside. So it's not just the inside. Some scars are formed in two ways, things that you cling to and things that you push away. And right now we're pushing away negative emotions because we don't like their feelings, but we're still clinging to things that we like. So in either event, what you're doing is you're, if something show, starts showing up, like again, you go on vacation, and you start to feel how wonderful this feels to be on vacation, you actually sit there and allow that feeling to work its way through you. So it works the same way, because then when it works its way through you, then, because what you're doing is you're working back to the point where you can actually interact with life. You can actually be, you can just, witness consciousness just means it's, people use that term, it's just the seat of self or witness consciousness. All it means is you look outside, you see everything, and there is no judgment to it. It's just the way 
you're, you look at your animals. Like if you have a pet dog or whatever it is, the dog shows up there constantly with zero energy attached to how you look or what you said or what you didn't or how your day was. It's just there with full energy. Well, you can live that same way if you, if you did, if you, the energy wasn't coming up and hitting all these different things. So it's funny that your entire life, it's trying to release these things for you in your dreams and your thoughts and these emotions. It's trying to clean you. And yet what you do is you go, I don't want to feel this. And then you go, I'm going to be clever and I'm going to go rearrange things. So I don't actually have to work on myself. I'm going to go rearrange things so that all of these things out there don't hit me. If I get people to say the right things, if I get in the right relationship, if I get the right job, if I get the money, if I get all these things and I keep organizing them right and I keep holding them together, like this whole thing together, if I keep holding it together, I don't have to work on myself. And that's what people think is working on themselves. And that's why the whole quote was, yesterday I was clever to try to get this all together so it didn't actually have to hit me. Because if we're all honest, most of us, that's what we're doing, isn't it? We're actually trying to rearrange things so it doesn't actually hit our stuff. Well, yeah, so, I mean, completely unconsciously, but yes. Yes, well, well, unconsciously, yes. Or even consciously, just not knowing that you're doing, I guess, could be unconscious, but just... That's unconscious. I don't, I don't think you would say it that way, but that's what people are doing. Is like, I'm trying to rearrange the world in a way that it doesn't actually offend me. And offend just means it doesn't hit my stuff. Irritation, anger, jealousy, any of these things. So I want to get it that way. And then it just doesn't work. Because then now what you've done is, you may relatively get it okay. Now you're spending your entire life trying to hold that bucket together, trying to hold your whole house that was built on sand together. And there's always a storm. And so when the storm comes, you freak out even more. And that's why people are always walking around. If your house is built on sand, you know one day it's going to go away. So that's why people are walking around anxious and scared. No wonder why everybody is. Because that's what you're doing. Versus today I am wise and I've recognized the true the truth of life, which is to work on myself, to release these things so that I can actually truly live an authentic life. And that's what authentic means. Authentic doesn't mean like telling people what it is that you want or getting what you want. You know, a lot of the great masters that have come before us, and use the word masters, all they've done is they, you know, if, if you're a master in football, you've spent a tremendous amount of time and energy becoming an amazing football player. And that's just masters are just spent their entire lives or many lives dedicated to this. So they're just really great beings. <laughs> just a master of being. That's all, that's all it really means. Is, so they're at a point where they don't need any of those things to actually turn them on. And so you, you wake up and you realize that I'm wise. So why don't I go out there and interact with the world and allow it to actually purify, to actually change me, to actually use what life is supposed to be so that you can become clear and experience life fully, which is so many of us are not. We're experiencing mind. We're experiencing the mind searching for the next you know, uh, adventure or the next goal so that it can, it can direct me to it or trying to avoid what I don't want to happen. And we end up, what we end up doing is winding ourselves up to a point where, um, we end up just living. That's why it feels inauthentic in our lives is because it's not necessarily anybody else. It's just that we're living inauthentic lives because we've created in an inauthentic fallacy of our lives, which is the ego or psyche. We just created this false sense of ourselves and we just walk around thinking that we have to maintain this false sense of self, which is why it never feels truly authentic. The minute you let go of that false sense of yourself and you let it fall back behind you, you start living an authentic life and it becomes very clear, but it doesn't become very clear at all if you're living and trying to build a fallacy that's there. Any other questions? 
So again, here's what we, here's what you need to do. Number one is it comes down to the minute the world offends you. I'm just going to use that as a way it offends you. It makes you feel different than you do currently, right? Whatever that feeling is, you have to relax. You don't relax the energy. You relax you who's watching the energy. And as you surrender to it, it becomes more painful and more painful, but ultimately it releases. And you're not going to be able to do this with big things. Start with very small things that irritate you or cause you anger or that you're frustrated, right? Start with those small things. And eventually you work yourself up to these larger things that you can then release. And the feeling that you that you have after a larger release is a true, it, I don't know how to explain it, right? It's just the, when it's gone, it's like this complete sense of well-being. It's like, there's nothing there. When you get these bigger releases, it's this complete sense of just, you feel whole, you feel complete well-being for your life. It doesn't really matter where you are, relatively speaking, as long as your like psychological needs are being met, you're just enjoying it. It's, it's the greatest feeling. And that's what I think that people are really after when they, when they search for an authentic life. I think it's really what they're, what, what they're really after is that they feel that wholeness within them. And the only reason why they don't is because they built this fallacy of, of this house that they think they have to maintain constantly. And that's why people are running around chasing the world, um, trying to change it so they can be clever and try to make it feel a certain way. So I'm going to end with just right yesterday. I was clever. So I wanted to change the world. So what does that mean? What are you trying to change the world on that you're, that you're doing to make yourself feel good? Not that you're doing to contribute or service, but to make you feel good. And there's nothing wrong, by the way, with doing your work and feeling purposeful and feeling gratitude or contribution. We're not saying it that, that. So don't, don't convince yourself that, no, what I'm doing is actual contribution. It probably is, but you're really, what you're doing is, is you're doing it for other reasons in addition to that contribution. Now, what I want you to do is be able to wake up and that's all you're doing is actually just interacting with the world and contributing to it. So today I'm wise, so I'm changing myself, which means that I allow these things to really work myself through them so that I can constantly work on myself. And that is personal growth. That is spiritual growth, where something that used to offend you no longer offends you. Somebody driving in front of you at 10 miles an hour on the speed limit used to bother you. It no longer bothers you anymore. If you get a chance to pass them, you pass them. If you don't pass them, you just, you just watch yourself, you know, interacting with it. It's just, you don't. You don't need a path once there is nothing to take care of. It's just you're interacting with life. So work on these things. If you if you work on these things, I promise you, you'll start to see the massive benefits of real personal growth, which is very painful. And most people want personal growth with conditions or things when I'm really feeling great, I'll work on myself. But you got to work on these things when when you when you're not and when they're challenging. So the framework is I'm either enjoying the experience fully or I'm letting go of the part of me that's preventing me from enjoying this experience. Hey, thanks for hanging with Howie and I today and for listening to the show. However, if you are interested in getting a short email from me in your inbox each Tuesday when a new episode drops, you can. These emails are super short. I just cover whatever I happen to be thinking about each week, whether that's an article or a quote I've shared, a book I've read, or a new product that I'm loving. Plus info on the latest episode of Business Meets Spirituality. If that sounds like something you want to check out, we'd love you to. Just go to adamhergenrother.com forward slash email.